Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Center of the Galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Rank. Meeting guests from ranking things in Star Wars can't get more simple than that. And we are continuing our Favorite Lines series. And today with me to do that and look at Revenge of the Sith is Joseph Scrimshaw. Hello, sir. I am happy to be here. I feel I must say hello there in honor <laughs> of all the wonderful lines in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, so this... We always love to talk about not just our selection process, 
We don't want to tip our hat onto what we've selected here, though. If you've listened to us long enough, you might know some of our choices here. We'll talk about some of the bleed over with other lists. But Joseph, this ended up being so far the hardest one for me to kind of decide even what direction of line I wanted to go. Deep philosophy, Kenobi snark. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's a ton of great lines, but I could make a, a, a five favorite lines of Revenge of the Sith list uh, three times over with just Kenobi or just Palpatine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be easier for me to list the five lines where I'm like, yeah, that's an okay line. <laughs> yeah. There's so many. I, I think, you know, what you're saying about what direction to go, uh, obviously Revenge of the Sith is the, the culmination of that trilogy. And there's so many huge lines, important lines. And then there are lines that are just fun and quotable and iconic. And then there's those kind of little lines tucked away that aren't as uh, iconic to everybody mm. in the Star Wars fandom, but I have like a personal weird attachment to. It yeah. was There's so many ways to take it. This was the hardest one for me so far. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, we never... We never lean into one direction. You know, we love going deep into themes and lessons and, and the philosophies of Star Wars. And some of that stuff just emerges naturally, even when you think it's a cute, silly line or a silly, awkward line uh, or a line that's memed into, uh, you know, people believing that it's not a good line when we think it might actually be. Uh, we don't really plan that out here, but um, it, this was really hard. I just didn't want and I didn't know. Should I just do all the banter? Um, but there's some great, powerful lines that cover just all of star wars they're about all of star wars yeah absolutely this is just uh uh, rich with theme statements (laughs) as well as just like really good bouncy lines quotable lines so i'm very excited for this one well let's not uh, delay any longer we work our way from five to one we'll have some honorable mentions in the second half of the show joseph we are looking at our favorite lines from revenge of the sith and beginning with your number five well, my number five, I I spoiled myself. I tipped my hand. I had to go there. Uh, I had to have a mix of the the kind of infamous lines uh, and uh, some of the deeper ones. So my number five is uh, an exchange of banter uh, between Obi-Wan Kenobi and General Grievous. It is Obi-Wan leaping down and rising up into frame and saying, hello there. And then, of course, the uh, iconic response, General Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's one of those lines that, for me, the uh, the second I saw it in the theater, there was that moment of resistance because it had been such a big deal where people are like, oh, we don't like it when the prequels, you know, repeat lines. But it's like, nah, that's great. You know, that's that was already a classic Obi-Wan line to, to R2-D2, his first line of dialogue. Mm. But it was so recontextualized in this great moment where, you know, Kenobi is assessing the situation. He knows he needs to uh, buy time for the clones to show up. He knows the character of Grievous, that he's his ego is a weakness uh, and he'll want to make this a standoff <laughs> foolishly. Yeah. And I just think that the the line it's like it's fun and flavorful. It's a callback to to Alec Guinness. It's a great delivery from Ewan McGregor. But it's just kind of got all this Kenobiness tied up in it. Of like the whole though there is is really like bet you didn't expect me to just drop in all alone yeah. <laughs> in a horrific yeah. situation, did you? I uh, I love that you highlighted that uh, and to not to cut you off there, but like that that whole sequence when he's just kind of looking down, contemplating. Well, geez, we got Grievous, we got all the Separatists, droids. What am I going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to jump down there. It's very, <laughs> it's very Kenobi, and so it all makes perfect sense. 
Yeah, and then just the the uh, the great weight of Grievous uh, responding to that by just saying his name, General Kenobi. You know, like uh, you get that sense of of rivalry between them, and then you know, as the years go on, we know that they have fought many, many times, and uh, yeah. it is uh, old enemies uh, facing off one last time. I love it. It is a wonderful, uh, perfect, perfect. Perfect, perfect. That's a that's a <laughs> quote. It is a perfect, gifable, gifable moment that has become one of the most shared gifs, if you will, or gifs, if you want, uh, on, on tweets, texts, whatever. This uh, this one you see it a lot, which to me only adds to the allure and luster of the line. Yeah, I think that's uh, part of it. Is I I love it for reasons I, I can analyze, like I just did. It's a fun, flavorful moment, but it is one of those things that has become much larger than the moment because you know some people really. It's a symbol of Star Wars to them. My favorite GIF is uh, uh, the Christopher Robin movie with Ewan McGregor, which I really love and has a bunch of Star Wars actors in it. Uh, but there is that great moment where Ewan McGregor uh, looks over the bench and sees uh, Pooh. <laughs> and people have, you know, gift that to be uh, Ewan McGregor saying hello there. <laughs> and then uh, Winnie the Pooh shooting out a bunch of arms and lightsabers going General Kenobi. <laughs> so great. Uh, I love it. Uh, I do love this line. I love what... Uh what it means, but I want to talk about there. I'm not, I, I don't have all my hello there's tracked and cataloged. Is this the first one we hear in the prequels? Remind me. Do you, do you remember? Oscar? Oh, yeah. So it is. Great. So this is 2005. This is what I want to talk about the the kind of phenomenon of, of like something that we, we didn't necessarily grow up with as Star Wars fans in another generation thinking it was super, super memorable. I go to the It's a Trap line from Akbar that at some point became a top dog in pop culture, Star Wars references. Hello there. I, I, I'm trying to remember my reaction in 05. It might've been like you kind of touched on of a little bit of an eye roll, but then you think about it more and it's like, no, that's again, one number one, Kenobi says it. It's probably a phrase he said many deep, probably says it to drinks at the bar. Um, <laughs> works. And therefore it, 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 it didn't land with me right away. And then over time, it just kind of became, so fun for me and a little campy in a way that I just get got behind it even more. Yeah, no, it, I think there's something about it that just, it fits that part of Kenobi that we get to see a lot in this movie of kind of, uh, being playful and kind of, uh, poking at things and, Oh, am I in a challenging situation? Well, let me just pretend it's, we're just having tea. I'm like, Oh, yeah. hello there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's the contrast, I think from that, the, the informality of that, like, hey, buddy, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> to the situation that he's in, that that uh, it connects to that moment of Alec Guinness, but it is also it gives obviously gave a huge new life. This is this is Obi Wan Kenobi's catchphrase now, right? <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, not to, not to dwell too much on it. There, I, I've said this so many times before. I apologize, listeners, but I think uh, Sir Alec Guinness, being such the, the wonderful legendary actor that he was, the the, the choices he makes in that in the brief amount of time we have them in new hope has spurned so many wonderful storylines moments uh catchphrases it just keeps going all out of that stuff and what you're saying there of him just kind of like hello there i know tuscan raiders have just tried to kill everyone and this is not a good situation the galaxy's in peril but hello there you're so right and that, that that's why i think it translates in the end really well here 
Yeah, so absolutely great, and a, just a, a witty response from Grievous as well. So that's my number five. I, I do love that you're giving Grievous some respect there. <laughs> number five. All right, my number five is from Anakin Skywalker towards the beginning of the film, where he says, in regards to our buddy Kenobi on the ground as Palpatine wants to leave him and leave him for dead, when Anakin says, among other things, his fate will be the same as ours. I love what it means for Anakin at that time, for Anakin in his heart. Uh, we are about to get, we're in the process of getting the big fall, and that's kind of the focus. But uh, in getting that big fall later on, we know there's a big redemption. And though Anakin has many sins, and I think in a way he pays for the sins, but he's also cleansed a little bit towards um, uh, the end of Return of the Jedi there, I still look at what is in his heart. And as a fan, I love kind of tracking that and tracking those moments. And I think this is a pretty powerful statement on who Anakin was at one point in his life and could be again. And there's also something slightly meta for me. I'm not saying this is there, but I love this of his fate will be the same as ours, meaning you, Kenobi, uh, you know, you, 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 Palpatine, Kenobi, and me, and they all kind of uh, at the end of this film, their fates are intertwined, <laughs> for better or worse. They do have some pasts that are all connected, uh, and, and I just kind of like that as well. So it's a, uh, it's, it's not a popular choice, but I like it. And again, with Hayden Christensen over the years, either some of his his acting choices or style or the direction of Lucas and the dialogue of Lucas occasionally, occasionally, many times coming under fire. This is one of those ones where Hayden's delivery does work for me, always has, always will. It's, it's, it's powerful and it's memorable to me. His fate will be the same as ours. I like it. I like it. I've always loved it. And it starts out my list. Uh, I think that is a great one. Uh, there is uh, the meme and the observation that's gone around of uh, they all die on Death Stars. <laughs> mm -hmm. They all die on Death Stars and go on to have a, a different uh, life, uh, Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to prolong his life and uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan becoming one with the Force. So there is that observation that has gone around as well. I want to acknowledge. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it it's the whole first chunk of Revenge of the Sith does such a great job of showing Obi-Wan and Anakin as what Obi-Wan wants them to be as brothers, you know, mm -hmm. in the fight together. And Obi-Wan is so proud of Anakin of like, you did all of this, you know, carrying me on your back. And in that specific moment, that specific line, is kind of this fascinating moment because Anakin is kind of struck with, stuck with these um, two potential father figures, mm -hmm. right? The, almost a little bit of an angel on his shoulder, a devil on his shoulder. And we've just seen with Obi-Wan unconscious, uh, uh, the demon of Palpatine push him into doing something that he knows he shouldn't. And so it's, it's, it makes it extra tragic to see that moment where Anakin pushes back. It's like he hasn't just broken. He's not just going to do whatever Palpatine tells him. And I think mm -hmm. that's what's really great about that delivery that you point out of Anakin is so firm. He just bent to uh, the encouragement of Sheev to, to murder an unarmed prisoner. And, but this is a line he's not going to cross because that's his, that's his, uh, brother, from Obi-Wan's perspective, from Anakin's perspective, his father figure, his friend, he's not leaving him behind. Yeah, well said on, on just the actual placement of it. You're right, following the big Dooku moment. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's meaningful. And I, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, talks about the war that was still going on inside Anakin and, and quite frankly, the war that for the next uh, 20 plus years in story is going to be there for him. Uh, it never was uh, quite a full victory uh, either way, unfortunately. Um, but I, yeah, I like that. What what that represents? The timing is is uh, is just as important as the as the line. I would say so. Well said, indeed, sir. Yeah, I also just like it that you know Sheev is uh, obsessed with uh, Obi Wan, right? He he fears yeah. the Jedi in general, but like Obi Wan's a real pain. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. It, it almost seems like uh, she was just like, yeah, it all worked out exactly as I wanted. He killed Dooku. It was great. Ooh, I have a chance to bonus. Yes. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. I, could, <laughs> I could get I rid of Kenobi right here too, right? I collected all the rings. Um, <laughs> that's so true. And you didn't want to talk about Star Wars what ifs. That's a great what if to, uh, you know, what if what if uh, Anakin had left Kenobi for dead or Kenobi didn't survive that meeting. Uh, Palpatine would be a little bit happy. Yeah, and it connects that great line later of like all the Jedi, even your friend Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Palpatine, you're right. Palpatine's got a, got a little, little inform a little bit there. So that's my yeah. number five. His fate will be the same as ours, which means we're up to your number four. My number four, we're moving just a little bit back in time in the movie. This is another one that I felt I needed to uh, include. I didn't want to get rid of one because like, oh, it's too obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to record, include the ones that are that are true for me. Uh, so it's uh, combining some lines. It is uh, uh, Palpatine saying, good, Anakin, good. Kill him. Kill him now. And then uh, when Anakin says I shouldn't, uh, the the real tour de force of do it. <laughs> oh, yes, it gets memed all the time. It is funny. Um, it is mm-hmm. enjoyable. Uh, from a lot of perspectives, that the comedy perspective, the enjoying Palpatine is this almost over the top British pantomime villain. Mm-hmm. It's definitely got that. But what is I enjoy it on that level. But for me, it is powerful to see this transition from. I'm the Supreme Chancellor who is maybe advocating for, you know, something something kind of brutal, but it 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 needs to be done. And I'm still the Supreme Chancellor to I am just a mask of evil. <laughs> right? It's the transition. It's it's I I can see some people going like, yeah, it's it's not subtle enough. Um mm. but it really works for he is getting closer and closer to his master plan being revealed and this is just this beautiful moment for him to let the mask slip a little bit, right? Yeah. He's not the nurturing father who's encouraging Anakin to do this thing because, hey, other people are holding you back. You know what's right. Trust yourself. Go for it. He's going to still be in that mode for a long while in the film, but for just this moment, he drops it. and He's just like that. You are my pawn to do my killing for me when I tell you to do it. You know, the mask drops for just a second. It's a great breakdown of the entire line there. Yeah, do it is fine. And I, and by the way, I I never fail to laugh at a do it joke or reference or meme. <laughs> it, it, it's it's high comedy for me. And again, one of those things where it it maybe some people started doing that out of uh, you know a little bit of mockery, but then it just takes on its own power and because becomes something bigger than itself. There, strike me down, says do it, and I will become more powerful than you can imagine. <laughs> I love that you include the entire line and the breakdown of the line. I look at it as um, almost like a men in black alien under under uh, disguise and he can't hold it for any moment longer <laughs> and it's starting to come out you know I've heard of somebody pick up a cat and he's just, and it's and it's totally him just like oh yes I have gentler but do it do it and and I don't see it out of just frustration towards Anakin I think there is a like you're reading into it of just like almost sense of joy I'm so close I see the finish line do it we're almost there yeah, that lightning's almost free to fly out of my fingers. Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, strangely, that's all all I have to say about it. So I'll wrap it up there. That's uh, that's my number four. I had to include it. The whole line, as well as of course, the infamous yeah. "Do it, 
Yeah. And we'll, we'll, uh, I'm sure revisit uh, Palpatine references in this episode. And, and you said uh, some people might think it's, it's not subtle enough. Yeah. All of Revenge of the Sith. Palpatine <laughs> is not subtle. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> right there with you. My number four is a little different going to our buddy, Obi-Wan Kenobi. We sure do love him. And a little bit before he has that great hello there moment, he is uh, landing on Utapau and talks to the administrator there of uh, Pau City. Uh, what is it? Pau City, right? Pau City. Yeah. Right. Um, to Tion Madone. I love Tion Madone. The great Bruce Spence. Bruce Spence plays him. And I love him, too. He's Mouth of Sauron in the uh, Return of the King uh, cut or extended edition version, depending on what you're watching. Where He, uh, he, he has that great uh, sequence there. So I love, I've always uh, just loved the character. But I love when Kenobi uh, says, uh, uh, tell your people to take shelter. If you have warriors, now is the time. And there's some, something about the delivery. I even like the follow-ups. Is he uh, is he bringing help? He didn't say. Um, <laughs> love all that, but I just love because here's Tia Madone kind of uh, trying to keep up this uh, you know this lie because he's being essentially held hostage. He and his folks there, uh, Grievous up there causing problems on the tenth level, uh, and I just love uh, Kenobi just kind of saying it's kind of that Star Wars big philosophical. Um, discussion we know the that it brings up of uh, when there's the time to take action and you might be peaceful and you might be pacifist or you might try to maybe avoid the war whatever uh, good and bad ways to look at it but now is the time if you have warriors this is it the fight is here it's found you we got to do this and kenobi uh being a jedi a, a poster child at times uh for what's right and wrong uh uh, and and the, making the right choices. I think this is a, a powerful statement from him too. It, it's here. The war is here. I love the delivery. It's it's where that prequel kind of, you know, occasionally you know, gets uh, called awkward delivery. I just like it. It makes it memorable. And it's a little secret sequence that I just love. I love everything about T.L. Mendoni. He's just one of those wa- random Star Wars weirdos I loved. Uh, and uh, therefore, I, I, I was trying to think. I was like, literally, like, this is where that choice came, Joseph, of do I want to find some deep philosophical lines? Because they're there. <laughs> or do I want to find the lines that when I'm like, when I think, when someone says Revenge of the Sith, or I tell myself, you know, I got an afternoon, I'm going to watch a Star Wars movie. Maybe it's Revenge of the Sith. And I do that run through my mind of the scenes. This is one of the scenes and one of the lines that pops up are like, oh, yeah, I want to watch that because I love this sequence. So it's on my list. Yeah, everything in that interaction is is great. Battle droids, thousands of them. <laughs> the the lean in in that, but yeah, this is one of those lines that uh, I made this list so hard because there are lines that are are fun and also just like just the cadence of them have uh, burrowed into my soul. Yeah. Um, sometimes with the if you have warriors, but now is the time. I I think that. All the time when I I got to do something now, like now is the time. Uh, And I so love your reading of Kenobi is very centered of like this. This is the battle to end the war from his perspective of yeah, Palpatine's not moving. He won't resume negotiations uh, and stop the fighting unless Grievous is captured. I've come up with Grievous again again and he always runs away and he always gets away and that's what those are the stakes and this is a fight that has to happen uh and also just that jedi sort of sensibility of like we're here to do our thing <laughs> uh we'll of course you know try to help you to the best of our ability but uh also the, you're on your path <laughs> and this is your responsibility you know so take it if you have warriors now is the time love yeah love that reading of it love it love it um 
And I, uh, I'm looking around. I don't have a lot of Tion Madone merchandise. I need to search and seek that out and add it to my collection. You need a big Halloween mask with fake teeth and everything. <laughs> so good. And, and if anyone, I'm sure everyone's seen it. It's now 20 years old. But, like, yeah, I love the Return of the King scene with him and uh, Mount Sauron. I think he's great in that scene. So good stuff, Bruce Spence and Tion Madone and Kenobi. Yeah. All right. That is my number four, which means for up to your number three. Uh, my number three is uh, one of the lines that it, I definitely think has some depth to it. I think it uh, is, uh, it's had some controversy over the years. I honestly don't know what the general temperature in the fandom is uh, these days, this big, wide fandom with lots of different perspectives. But I have always liked this line, and it's only uh, grown in my estimation. It is Darth Vader saying, Where is Padme? Is she safe? Is she all right? Uh, man, there talk, talk about tension between the actual content of the film and the marketing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, in the beautiful, beautiful spring summer of 2005, uh, you could not turn anywhere without seeing Darth Vader in flames. Yes. <laughs> Vader was the marketing of this film. The, the, the journey, uh, is complete. This dark, terrible journey from this kind boy to this horrific monster and invader and flames everywhere and it did get a lot of people especially i think people of our generation hyped for oh we're maybe going to see it you know, yeah. we're going to see vader chopping down jedi after jedi and of course that's not the story of revenge of the sith it's the sad story of how this good person, Anakin, uh, trapped himself in, in a literal and metaphorical prison of, of pain and anger. And for me, to see this, you know, face of terror that I grew up with of Vader, who like, oh, man, you you, you bring him uh, uh, the wrong cover on your TPS report, he's going to choke you to death from across mm-hmm. space. Terrifying. He's terrifying. To hear the, that that humanity... Yeah. In that frightening, deep, booming voice, I, I liked it from the the very first viewing. And for me, it, it's only my appreciation of it has only increased as uh, lived with these films more, talked about them more, talked about the big ideas of them. Of you know, Vader does look cool, and it, it's I, I have no problem with us having fun with the um, the thrill and the fantasy of this. It, Mm-hmm. dark unstoppable warrior but in terms of really digging into the truth of it is this is sad what happened to him is mm-hmm. is a tragedy and this brings that to the surface i, I love this selection and the reason i love the selection is i am one of the ones and i've mentioned this on force center before hey when we do over a thousand episodes we might repeat some themes we understand but let me hear let me say it again in 2005 i was one of one of the ones screaming at the clouds <laughs> so you brought James Earl Jones back. We had Vader, uh, you know, Hayden in the costume. We had Vader back. And this is what you had him say. To which George Lucas himself would have looked me in the eyes and said, yes, you've missed the point. <laughs> and he'd, he'd probably say it. Yeah, he probably would. And this is why I love this line. And you talk about, uh, you know, you're right there from the start. I think you're, you, you, you are, you, and, I, and I believe it because you collected, uh, connected with these big themes and the ideas. And this is where my love and my growth as a Star Wars fan just can, continues, just continues to grow. I, I keep saying now, uh, there's this, this thought in my head all this week is I am a student of Star Wars. I want to continue to learn to understand it more. doesn't mean you can't enjoy uh, Vader in a hallway, which also has some bigger meanings, but 
this is the story. It is a tragedy. And I, I want to go back to myself in 2005, who was, a, you know, generally well-adjusted, not an angry young man. That was never me. I just was a Star Wars fan. who was like, pew, 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 slash, slash. That's Star Wars, right? That's Star Wars. Yeah, it's got some things. It's inspirational. But that's Star Wars. And, and it is in a lot of ways on the surface. And there's no wrong way to engage with that, uh, like you always say, unless we're rooting for Palpatine. But um, <laughs> this line is, the, the entire sequence, it is about the fall. And that's what, Vader would be asking because that is why he fell for her, for love, for attachment, for fear, all those things that Lucas was giving to us episode one and two, giving us all through this movie. That would be makes sense. He's got the clunky walk in the no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That doesn't matter. This is the heart of the scene. This is why he fell. It's a powerful line. It's a powerful moment. And uh, I'm just, uh, you know, there for it. I'm there for it now. And you listening don't have to be there with it. We're not asking you to follow us on this path. Wow. I think we're just kind of saying the path is there. And that's why the story was tell, told this way. Um, and I love it. So uh, good choice. Good choice. And I like uh, it, it. Final thought for me on it. James Earl Jones, uh, especially as he, you know, uh, thankfully, fortunately, still with us. But, he, you know, gets a little older. That voice changes. Even in 2005, it sounded slightly different to me. Um, and it works for me even more now because there's a, a, a an emerging frailty in the voice uh, that yeah. works, that really taps into the emotions of the scene. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason that I've always liked it too. Is I just thought it was great, great delivery by James Earl Jones of mm-hmm. that 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 emotion that you don't expect from that mask, and maybe you know is the last time you're going to hear that kind of emotion for a long, long time. And I think he knocks it out of the park with the delivery. Love it. Love it. Good choice. Good choice. Great. Number three. See, you went deep. You you went <laughs> deep into some of the themes there. Uh, hey, here we go. So uh, I'm going to my number three. And uh, this is Kenobi talking to Anakin. You know, they got some things to talk about, maybe work out or try to work out. They failed to work it out. Um, I've always loved this line. Um, you have allowed this dark Lord to twist your mind until now. Until now, you have become the very thing you swore to destroy. Especially the last part. You've become the very thing you swore to destroy. It's, it's kind of simple and direct. Talk about not subtle. It is there. And especially when you start the movie and Anakin's still battling, but he's, you know, going to save his buddy Kenobi. Now he's here trying to, to kill. And it's also, to me, a little bit about some of what's going on with the Republic. Uh, some of the stuff Padme's thoughts on uh, what side are we on. We'll talk about that stuff, uh, I'm sure. But, like, I just have always loved the directness, the pain. And just the almost as if Anakin is uh, uh, Kenobi is saying to not just Anakin, but the audience, you're missing the point of what's going on here. (laughs) And growing up with the big bad Vader and knowing that he was redeemed and 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 cheering and and being moved by his redemption in 83 and 84, 85, 86 and 87 and beyond my whole whole life. Love Vader's redemption. Um, but seeing him as just the cool bad guy and knowing that this is what it was, this is how it happened, this is how that that little kid on Tatooine. Uh, this is the end of that uh, tragic journey. It's it just always just meant something to me. Just Anna, uh, Kenobi just pleading almost. Pleaded, he pleads so much in the final moments of Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> this is just one of those, uh, this, is what, this is what's happened. Can't you see it? And it's just tragic. Yeah, yeah, no, I think a, a great choice. I love that it does have rhythm uh, uh, with a line earlier that, that Padme is saying about the Republic itself. So that idea of, is really tied in the film of uh, there's the individual story of Anakin's fall. There's the fall of the Jedi. There's the fall of the Republic. Uh, this is about a lot of things <laughs> uh, becoming uh, the thing they're meant to, you know, uh, oppose. Yeah. 
Um, I also just like it from Kenobi's journey, right? Because he goes from like it kind of having this horrible feeling in his gut, you know, and Yoda mm-hmm. seeming to already know with the, you know, if you go into the uh, security recordings, the only pain will you find. He can't kill him, doesn't want to kill him. He's he's still kind of in grief when he's talking to yeah. Padme. And yeah. everything here is him kind of like letting him, this is my interpretation. Mm-hmm. I feel like this whole scene is Kenobi letting himself see the things he kind of wouldn't let himself see. Like, right. he knew these things about Anakin, you know? He knew these, where they could lead, but he believed in him, and he had hope. Mm. And I feel like this is just, like, Kenobi's now getting, like, honestly, like, uh, angry and committed, right? Ooh, yeah. Uh, and just, like, th- this whole scene is about, like, building up to the one of those other controversial lines about uh, dealing with absolutes. Mm. Um, but this one is him just really, like, all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've I've tried to say okay, well, I understand why you made that choice. I understand that temptation. I understand that instinct. Be like, "No, wait a minute. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I am calling a BS. Yeah. You are not thinking straight. You have allowed this dark lord to twist your mind and, you know, mm. you, you, until uh this this horrible fate until you have abandoned totally the path that you're supposed to be on. Yeah, I've look. Look, I you know I don't need to necessarily pull it directly into real world conversations, but I've had some of those ones. It's almost like just saying of like, I stop. Are you hearing what you're saying? Are you hearing what you what you have become? I can't stand for this anymore. I can't. I can't. I can't. I don't. I don't yell. I've got the high ground. But I like you know I've had <laughs> some of these conversations the last couple of years of like uh, this is this is kind of a truth. Um, but that I love ang- angry and committed. That's. Uh, uh, that's a great that's a great title for a book about this sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great pick. Great pick. Uh thank you, thank you, thank you. That's my number three, which means we're up to your number two choice for your favorite line of dialogue in Revenge of the Sith. Uh man, I had a lot of different number twos. I was having a hard time picking, but I'm once again going to good old Obi-Wan Kenobi and another controversial moment, controversial line, but I really like it. Mm. It is it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. Um, partially wanted to include this uh, because I just, I like the line, but I like all the ideas around it. Um, it is something that has been uh, uh, criticized over the years. Um, I've, I've, I've never had a problem with it like, uh, like other people have. And I think it, for me, it is th- that uh, several things. Um, you know, if, if you know a little bit of the lore, you know that, oh boy, Anakin's going to get messed up on this lava yeah. planet eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe some people manage to see the movie without that knowledge. Um, so that question of like, how? How? Mm-hmm. Um, and I always liked that it was a definitive moment. It wasn't just like, for no reason, uh, Obi-Wan, oh, he got a shot in. <laughs> and yeah. there goes one leg, then there goes another. It's this moment to stop and have a beat. And then it is, even within this, horrific thing that obi-wan has to do Mm. it becomes such a jedi moment right of like okay i've separated i have uh, you know the upper hand literally i have the upper hand morally and please just stop it it reverts it from this kind of ferocious fight you know obi-wan kind of starts this fight with you know uh, yeah i i have to do my duty i i have to stop you you know i don't want to but i have to you you're proving it to me uh so it can have this this anger and this commitment 
and it takes this final beat and takes a step back and it takes a, kind of a step towards a, a little bit of like calm and reason of Jedi of like, I don't want to use violence. Please don't make me. And makes it so that ultimate choice is Anakin's. It, it, it's it's Obi-Wan uh, giving him one last way out and it's Obi-Wan actually winning the fight because, not because he's got more midi-chlorians or he's, you know, uh, uh, faster. It's because he understands the situation and he understands his opponent. A hundred percent. Of all the lines of Revenge of Sith that may have caused me problems in 2005, this was one of the least problematic for me. I just, I, it, it, I, it had no, again, delivery, wonderful, slightly awkward. Sure. That was prequels. I'm there for it. I, I didn't get hung up on this one at all. And I do love that fight. I love that fight because we waited a long time to see that fight as people who did know what happens. <laughs> um, but your breakdown of it, I think is 100% accurate. It, it is, uh, you and I talk often of the, 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 the destiny in Star Wars is a series of choices. And Anakin has already made some, uh, shall we say, commitments to this path along the way. But once again, he still has a choice. He's still faced with a choice. And I, I see this, this whole sequence as a, as a commitment to that choice, commitment to that fall for Anakin. Uh, and and how uh, it's pained and it and it isn't uh, you're right it isn't a uh, I bested you in a fight and uh, I got the upper hand it is there's a pause in the action in which Obi Wan can kind of have to be become kind of refocused on the purpose and refocused on himself as a Jedi in this moment and doesn't dip his toe into the flames of the dark side here right he's not he's not Luke and and uh, Jedi on the walkway right before he does the glove thing where he's like using his anger to chop off uh, Vader's arm <laughs> isn't it that you know this is a deep breath this is a pause to reaffirm why he's here and that's what it's always kind of represented uh, represented to me uh, and uh, and then again becomes so poked fun at and memed and becomes, uh, you know, uh, mocked that it actually picks up uh, prestige for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, uh, I'm sure there are plenty of people of the, the prequel generation that it was just, it was always cool. <laughs> it was always cool. I didn't question <laughs> you know? it. God bless them. I love <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Again, just that classic Jedi, uh, even in the midst of this horrible emotional turmoil for both of them, even in the midst of Obi-Wan knowing I can't just let him saunter away. I, I got to do something. It's still, it, this is like this incredibly heavy emotional version of Obi-Wan in the canteen and Star Wars going, come, let me buy you something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that <laughs> attempt, like, please, anything. Nope. Okay. About, let's talk about it. One yeah. more. Come on. One more chance. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. A weird connection, but I made it. Weird one That's indeed. my uh, number two. Love that. Love that. All right. My number two. Uh, we're going big. We're going big. And it's, um, look, we'll talk about the scene. We've talked about it before. We will probably analyze it again and again and again. It is Padme's last words. There's good in him. I know. I know there's still. Ah, oh, and then we lose Padme. Um, look, here's the thing. We get it. We get it. Joseph and I wish... Uh, we have more Padme content. We wish uh, she could have been explored a little bit. That's why we're looking for forward to E.K. Johnson's book that covers a little bit more of her perspective during the Revenge of the Sith. We understand years, looking back years later, um, it maybe wasn't uh, uh, a completely fair moment to the character of Padme because we really love this character. We call her the moral compass around these parts for the prequel era specifically. Um, so that's there. But 
George made a choice. George made a choice that he needed to really highlight Anakin's story. Uh, for good or bad, better or worse, better or worse, that's what he did. And uh, the death of Padme um, is part of that for me. We can talk more about it there and love to hear your thoughts on it too, Joseph. But I love this line because of what it means looking back. I talked about in the Attack of the Clones uh, lines episode where I love the Annie. You'll always be that little boy uh, on Tatooine to me. Um, and how that represents uh, and ties directly to this moment of what that means is she'll, she always saw the kid willing to do anything to help people and help the galaxy. She saw the good in him. She knows the good in him. She knows it's there. We're talking a lot about Anakin uh, falling here, committing to the fall, but he's got parts of him that are still going to be there and at war with Vader until the end where Anakin decides to reemerge and um, follow, uh, you know, following the, the compassion of his son. So anyways, all that to say, just, I just love this moment. I love what it says about Padme um, in her final moments and how important it was to say that and how Kenobi probably carries that for a little while until it's too late and he's truly gone. He's twisted more machine now than man, but how then that transfers over to Luke and how Luke carried this with him. This is part of, uh, I know you've touched upon it before. Remember uh, of uh, the legacy of Padme and Luke, mm. Luke is Padme's son. That's his mother. And the connections to Padme to Leia are made often because they're um, there and there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a testament to, to, to her being uh, Luke's mother. And how he carries this on as well. And so I love, I love what it represents the scene itself. We can talk about that, but uh, man, it, uh, it, it just speaks to that steadfast character that Padme is and her beliefs and the truth of what's going on inside of Anakin. So I submit it as my number two choice. Uh, I think it's a great choice for a lot of reasons. I think, um, yeah, that that sort of uh, that lineage of hope that uh, Luke and Leia represents, but Luke kind of explicitly uh, in the original trilogy, since he's the one who has the relationship with uh, Vader, Anakin, uh, this idea that it is almost, uh, you know, an inheritance from his mother, right? Um, when Leia has, you know, what we now understand to be a, probably a, a vision uh, of her mother in these moments of her life that, you know, she was uh, beautiful, kind, but sad. Like that's uh, who this, th this person is in this moment. So it, I feel really connected to Luke and Leia. And, and I think for the film itself, like the, the film goes to uh, dark places and it's, mm. it's difficult, you know, it, it, a darker version of this film could have ended with uh, uh, Palpatine, Vader, and uh, Tarkin <laughs> looking yeah. at the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it ends on hope, right? It ends on even in the most horrific time, there's always some hope somewhere. That's such a big idea in Star Wars. And we kind of get that visually with the dropping off of the, the twins. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's so much there in this line of, of Padme that... Uh, even in this moment where she's dying and we don't entirely know why, right? Mm -hmm. um, this line makes me think that the medical analysis droid is just wrong and an unreliable narrator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for anybody who's ever had an incorrect di diagnosis from an actual human doctor, <laughs> I think you could understand how maybe a medical analysis droid going, I don't know, maybe lost the will to live. I'm just spitballing. <laughs> we as fans don't need to trust that droid. Um <laughs> And to me, this is evidence that something else is going on because Padme is kind of doing what she's always done, which is um, face the full horror of the situation. Like she, 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 her heart is broken. She sees that he's changed. She sees that something isn't right. 
And even within that, she's saying, but there's still hope, you know, that that's a, a powerful uh, last beat for this character. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a lot to the legacy of Padme and uh, yeah, we, we enjoy uh, the moments we have always want more and we're always looking forward to more Pad, Padme content. And I can't wait again to see and read E.K. Johnston's take on uh, these final moments. Uh, and and uh, as someone who grew up in that generation, influenced greatly by Padme from Phantom Menace on, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and absolutely, as many people have uh, speculated and hoped, I think a good possibility that uh, that hearing these words uh, is a part of what the Kenobi television show is about. Yeah, that'd be great. So that was my number two choice. It means we are going to take a quick break here on Star Wars Ranked. When we come back, some honorable mentions. Oh, you better believe a lot of things didn't make the list, but uh, we might have wanted them to. And then our number one choices for our favorite lines in Revenge of the Sith. Stick around here, Star Wars Ranked. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Star Wars Ragtime. Scrimshaw, and we are ranking our favorite lines in Revenge of the Sith. This is the 131st episode of Star Wars Rank. So if you've listened uh, all the while, uh, we hey, we appreciate that. Uh, and you know that uh, we make these lists and then our uh, honorable mentions lists are sometimes double that because of <laughs> choices. This sprung up out of just like, hey, there's going to be some things you, you uh, leave on the cutting room floor, but let's give them their due. Uh, so, Joseph, we'll, we'll definitely try to contain ourselves, but there's a lot, a lot in this movie that we both love. So what are some of your honorable mentions, your runner-ups? Yeah, th- this is uh, great to see that uh, many of the ones that I wanted to include are on your list. So, <laughs> yes. so we get them, uh, got them covered. Uh, this is honestly the, the line that I thought was going to be in my list because it's one of my favorites, uh, but it, it's just more for fun and flair. Uh and it's uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi line, Sith Lords are speciality. <laughs> One of my very favorites. And people often poke fun at poor Obi-Wan because uh, then he does end up on the floor uh, with a large metal platform on his buttocks. Fair yeah. enough. He didn't live up to uh, <laughs> yeah. the the uh, cockiness in that moment. But come on. Took Maul down twice. Takes Vader down. Uh, I would argue he beats Vader twice because uh, he knows what they're fighting about on the Death Star and A New Hope, and Vader doesn't. Uh, yeah. So I think he lives up to the cockiness overall. So Sith Lords are a speciality. Uh, another great uh, Kenobi line of, uh, we're still flying half a ship. <laughs> oh, I love that one, yeah. It's it's just so great. He's just, there's so much great banter in the first half of this movie uh, in particular. Uh, another big one that I feel like well, I just had to include is uh, uh, the infamous Palpatine line, the dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. <laughs> it is both such a great uh, seduction of Anakin of like, like, right over there are all these abilities. But I guess some people are saying they're too dangerous to play with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and McDermott chewing up every syllable. It, chewing up every syllable in the great way some consider to be unnatural. And the way he pops that some, it really is. It, it is so like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Um, let's go to this uh party and let's uh drink some alcohol some people think that's dangerous but i your cool uncle think you should do it's like uh, maybe not the best analogy but it is just so like t- take this thing that's an act clearly an actual risk clearly yeah. to be uh, done with caution or perhaps not at all <laughs> and just manipulate somebody into doing it of like all these great things are on the other side if all these yeah. judgy jerks didn't hold you back I want Anakin to turn and be like, by some, do you, are you referring to the Jedi? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then it's also just so true. It's so true. They are unnatural. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Go for it. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. I know you got more, but I'll uh, jump in here with some. I know this is a line that's uh, shared by both both of ours, uh, or, or both of us here on this list. Uh, Kenobi just said, always on the move. Just <laughs> something that applies to real life, too. It is. It's just, it is such a great summation of their relationship of like, there's a lot where uh, I think both the, the uh, I was going to say the writers, uh, 
George Lucas, the writer and director, and Ewan McGregor did a great job of bringing uh, Obi-Wan a little closer to Alec Guinness. And mm-hmm. everything about his, like, I, I do what I have to do. This is perhaps the most energetic Kenobi we've seen in any film, uh, but he's not in it for the adventure and the excitement. Like, this so ties to earlier when he's like, no, 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 nothing too fancy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Anakin's always on the move. I feel this one in my bones as if I've gotten a little bit older. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I uh, got to swing through some banter, but also which leads into um, pretty. Um, I don't know. I just always love the line. But anyways, uh, uh, Kenobi and Anakin have some great banter. Uh, uh, so I love early in the movie. Uh, I sense a trap. Anakin, next move, Kenobi, spring the trap. Just the joy, <laughs> just the joy. It's same. It's the same energy of the Sith Lords are our speciality. It is is just. Uh, the adventure Kenobi's uh, buying it here. He's here having fun, and uh, and so with the hello vibe, you just touched uh, uh, upon uh, connecting it to Alec Guinness and everything, and it does. It just it works really well. So I just always love that little beat. That was a great one. Yeah, and then later on in the fight on Mustafar, two lines there. Um, uh, Kenobi saying, "I will do what I must," which ties into a lot of what you aren't talking about: the choice, the here knowledge, defense. Although there's a reason I'm here, I'm focused, and I will do what I must. And Anakin, you will try. Just love everything about both of them and their points of view at that moment. Yeah, absolutely. That that those were hard for me to leave off. I'm so glad you included them because it is. Yeah, it is absolutely uh, Kenobi just being like, "This is not my choice." But you have, uh, if I'm going to defend the galaxy, I I, I have to do my duty and then the utter cockiness of you will try <laughs> try uh and the final one from this sequence here uh or just uh, them communicating i i just always loved the the line from kenobi you were my brother anakin i loved you i know i know uh you get a little bit um, more conversation around uh you were the chosen one which is uh, a great line as well and all that stuff but i just i just always love this one it is so much pain in it you think of their final moments together uh, in Revenge of the Sith, when they're both heading off their uh, you know respective missions and, and paths, uh, and just everything, and, and their relationship at times was uh, you know tested, and uh, they had uh, you know didn't always get along and everything, but that's also kind of part of being a brother now, ain't it? And uh, I love uh, I love the love there, I love the expression of the love there. Um, no fear on Kenobi at this point to to just say what it, what, what was in his heart and how heartbroken he is, and therefore it's always worked. It almost made my list because it's just so this is so painful. It's, so, it's painful. so painful and so well delivered. And it is, it is just that the, the fight is over and there's that explosion of emotion first, just like mm-hmm. the, the pain and the, in the uh, disappointment and the horror of, of what he's become with the, the chosen one, you know, not leave it in darkness, but then following it up with just that, like that utter sadness of, you know, you were my brother, you know, it, it yeah, it, it's so great to go from that explosion of frustration and he's still exploding in emotion, but it is this much more tender and sad emotion. I think that's great. Yeah, it is indeed. A um, couple more for me, then I'll bounce it back to you here. I love uh, a lot of stuff with Yoda. Uh, I think you and I, we you know, we, we love just spending time with Yoda and his philosophy. Sometimes confusing as they uh, they are. We have discussed this scene a lot about attachment. Um, him and Anakin talking, but the line of uh, it's a long line, but it's just death is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those around you who transform into the Force. Mourn them, do not miss them, do not. Attachment leads to jealousy, the shadow of greed. That is just a big statement to put up on a poster in your in your office you know a lot of stuff there and again like you and i have have talked about it uh broken down this uh line specifically a lot of different ways to to do it there's some also some maybe some hard love tough coaching from yoda that isn't the best choice here at this point i agree with that uh but also always have just kind of love what this is and love what it means and again anakin can't uh 
it's the truth, Anakin, that he just can't process. Uh, but uh, I do love the line. Yeah, me too. And I've really come to love the, you know, the shadow of greed that is, you know, I think just kind of washed over me um, a lot of times, but then really just reconnect you to how often that word greed appears in the prequels and how much that is the story in a large sense of a lot of people uh, being literally greedy, like the Trade Federation, financially greedy, you know, the greed that we're most familiar with. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But then Palpatine being uh, greed for power and this idea that, um, what what is happening to Anakin is his his love is sort of uh, putrefying into a need to possess, right, and literally own uh, uh, Padme, um, and that that's a, a different kind of of greed of this you know possession of you know clinging to everything mm-hmm. is uh, it's great to have that all connected by this Yoda line. Uh, love it indeed. Final Yoda line for uh, me: uh, Twisted by the dark side, young Skywalker's become the boy you trained. Gone, he is consumed by Darth Vader. Uh, this is in conversation with uh, Kenobi. And then, so tie this right to old Force Ghost uh, log sitting uh, Kenobi in Return of the Jedi and uh, points of view. And uh, what I meant was, Luke, uh, it just uh, tracks for me on that. Um, and again, going to even kind of what the, the line Kenobi said to him, the, to Anakin that I highlighted earlier about, look, look what you've become. This is kind of Yoda just kind of confirming that for for everyone, uh, but Kenobi as well. Of like, it, It's, it's, this is where we're at. That's Darth Vader out there. That ain't your, that ain't your buddy Anakin. Uh, and that's just the truth you got to face now. Yeah, yeah. Hard truths from Yoda. <laughs> Hard truths indeed. And then, oh, final, sorry, sorry. I got to get, there's just too many. There's too many. There's so uh, many. Padme, what if democ- the democracy we fought, uh, were, uh, we thought we were serving no longer exists and the public has become the very evil we have been fighting to destroy. That for me, I remember when I first heard that in 2005 and I was like, plot twist? Uh, because uh, I was just looking at the, Perhaps the uh, prequels is uh, just uh, kind of too binary in its fight. Republic versus Separatists. Separatists are bad, right? And this and that. And it's just uh, back then in 2005, it caused me to engage a little bit deeper. So I'm forever thankful to that line. Oh, that's a great one. I love it. Yeah. What are, uh, what's uh, close up your honorable mentions list here, sir? Uh, so a couple of fun ones. Uh, I know you and I both uh, really love this of uh, the clone Apo uh, saying to Bail Organa, I'm sorry, sir. It's time for you to leave. <laughs> Bail Organa. And so it is. <laughs> I know you and I both use that in day-to-day life. <laughs> so it is. <laughs> this burrito is burnt. And so it is. Yeah, uh, yeah the, uh, I love it. Um, this is one of those uh, kind of deep-cut weird lines that just popped out to me one day, and I've mentioned it uh, many times on Force Center. It, it just tickles me of uh, Grievous saying to the Separatist leaders, I'm sending you to the Mustafar system in the Outer Rim. It is a volcanic planet. You will be safe there. <laughs> and then Newt Gunray going, safe? <laughs> It's just, it's great Star Wars humor, I, it, intentional or not, uh, the idea that, you know where you'll feel cozy, totally safe, a place that's just belching fire into the air at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel like maybe you've been sold some lies? Yeah, you have. That's where you're going to end up. Yep, not at all safe. Uh, a couple other Palpatine lines. I really could have made such a long Palpatine uh, list, but two of my favorites that are mostly just about delivery uh, are uh, when he is sending Anakin to the Jedi Temple and he says, do what must be done. Yes. <laughs> I think of that one uh, often, uh, sending emails and taxes. Um, and then the other Palpatine line that has some meaning because it is just him getting to celebrate, but then it's just like, Hey, did you forget that Star Wars is weird? The end of this line is going to remind you <laughs> when he says, I have waited a long time for this moment. Stop there. 
cool bad guy line. It's cathartic for him. And then he adds, my little green friend. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's so Star Wars. It's one of those things of like, hey, we can compare the themes to this. We compare the themes to that. Like, you're not going to hear that many other places. (laughs) Yeah. I I absolutely love it. You're totally right. Yeah. Uh, And final two for me. Um, only a Sith deals in absolutes right before the lines that we talked about with um, I will do what I must um, is the line that gets made fun of because it is an absolute in and of itself. I think it's kind of a fascinating discussion point. Is it mm-hmm. that uh, Kenobi is uh, having some hubris there or to me, I, I relate it more to some of the real life uh, conversations about um, the idea that the only thing you can't be tolerant of is non-tolerance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you you can tolerate somebody saying, I think pineapple is great on pizza. You maybe can't tolerate <laughs> uh, all pizzas should have pineapple and you must eat nothing but them, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's not a different sort of opinion then. Now it is crossing, you know, a line. And that is the this line that the Jedi, right or wrong, mm-hmm. it, it forms their philosophy of... Um, we are more than happy to have disagreements and different perspectives with everybody. And we'll go around negotiating and trying to find a happy medium, mm-hmm. but the Sith want to control everything and they will slaughter everything in their path. And yeah. that we have to be, that has to be an absolute for us, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, absolute. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it, it makes it a very, very uh, fascinating uh, t-shirt. Uh, it, 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 t-shirt, I say, because my friend made a, a with a, a absolute vodka. Yeah. <laughs> Only Seth Deal <laughs> in absolutes uh, t-shirt. Great t-shirt, great line. Fascinating uh, to discuss. My final line, Ken, comes to us uh, from the midwife droid, and it is Uba Uba. <laughs> Look, there's an argument for this being the number one choice. <laughs> There really is, because this is uh, probably one of those things that early on in our uh, podcast relationship and friendship of uh, co- connecting over a shared just love of this line. It is one of those things of Uba, Uba. I could just, you could just make me laugh like I'm being tickled when you say <laughs> It's just the best. It's just Star Wars weirdness at the best. It really, really is. So that's uh, um, all my honorable mentions. A lot, lot there, a lot there, but this is a movie full with a lot of great things. We're moving on to our number one choices, our most favorite lines in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Joseph will close the show with his number one, and we are going to one that I was like, I can't put this on. We've already talked about it. We talked about it in Star Wars Ranked. Uh, we looked at Palpatine. I just, ah, come on. This is like, this is, uh, you know, uh, you know, like, what's your favorite food? Pizza, of course it is. Yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. But look, it's the choice, because again, by that But that uh, measuring stick, when I think of Revenge of the Sith, do I want to watch this today? Do I want to have a conversation about it today? What's in my mind? This line comes into uh, my mind more often than not when Uba is not there. And it is power. Unlimited power. It is my just favorite moment. It's just everything it means. Everything it means about Palpatine being the villain of all villains and greed and power and this is what he wants and how he does everything at all costs from from plays the long game and he has reached this moment. I'm not rooting for him. I'm not happy he's reached this uh, this personal life goal but he has uh, done everything to get what uh, uh, other people have tried and only he's got which is this view of unlimited power is it a lie yeah does things uh, work out well for him no no and it shouldn't uh but even that no no it's all there and 
for years. Uh, we're coming up, uh, before you know it, it'll be 20 years in Revenge of the Sith. We've got 20 years of Attack of the Clones coming up. Before you know it, I hate to say, we'll be there. And for about 20 years, uh, we Star Wars fans have had to hear about how, I don't know, over the top, over dramatic, how bad this moment is. And I say, nay. Nay to that. This is everything you needed it to be. As uh, Lucas told McDermott, go bigger. This is the moment. Uh, and I just love it. And it's memorable. And if you're following the tale of Vader and Palpatine and you're digging in deep to Star Wars, this is that moment. You mentioned it earlier of uh, the, the the disguise of Palpatine uh, ripping at the seams and do it. Oh, wait, sorry. Not yet. Not yet. This is it. <laughs> this is the pure evil glee. And in enjoying the moment for what it is and for McDonald's performance and him just going on into it, it also is a reminder at, uh, uh, what the fight is about and why it's important to fight back evil, fight those who would corrupt themselves with uh, absolute and unlimited power and how Palpatine is and always will be the bad guy in Star Wars. And so this line represents all that and more to me. Well, well said to you, Ken, and well said uh, to Darth Sidious Chief Palpatine. <laughs> because it is just, uh, you know, if, if uh, he had a nonprofit, that would be his mission statement. He wouldn't have a nonprofit uh, because that would constrain him too much. He wants unlimited power. Probably not a good nonprofit if their yeah. mission statement is just unlimited power. Yeah, I'd love, uh, there's a great interview uh, with Ian McDermott where he's like, you know, I'm, I went along with, um, you know, I did what George asked. I, I was nervous about this one. I, I did it as large as I thought was possible. And George said, no, no, no. <laughs> and I was very worried. about. I did it, but I was very concerned about it. It's a, just such a great uh, British gentleman thespian <laughs> basically going like, I didn't like the note. I thought it was a bad idea, but he's the director. And, yep. and boy, boy, I, I think George Lucas is right because it 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 gets to the heart of, yeah, there's this mask that claims that it loves democracy. Mm. And the truth is this screaming, raging, everything belongs to me. Yeah. <laughs> not just power, not just I beat you, Mace Windu. It's not, ugh, this is a great perk to see my little green friend on the floor. This is exactly what I want, which is everything, right? It yeah. ties to what he promises Kylo Ren in uh, Rise of Skywalker. What could you possibly give me? Everything. Unlimited power is, that's the fear. That's what he wants. It's so great. Mm. Ah, love it. It's it's perhaps uh, uh, the line I um, say most on uh, every show in life. It's just, it's, and again, <laughs> and there's so many Revenge of the Sith lines. It, it You know, a lot of people throw some shade at them. They want to mock them. But every time I hear them, I just love them. And it just reaffirms my love for this film even so you can make your unlimited power jokes to me. I'll just take them and uh, absorb it and become more powerful as a Revenge of the Sith fan. I don't know if I've learned other lessons from the film correctly. I'll have to analyze that. Anyways. Uh, do what must be done. Do what must be done. Uh, that is my number one choice, which means, sir, we have reached your number one choice, your most favorite line in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, my number one, I have to go to Padme Amidala. Uh, really driving the point home. It is her line during the Emperor's grand speech declaring an empire uh, that will create a safe and secure society, uh, putting the polite face on what he had screamed earlier, unlimited power. Uh, but Padme recognizes the lie, and she has this uh, famous line, so this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. Um, 
we, we talked about Padme's final line in the sort of uh, emotional drama of Star Wars and the, and the great battle between uh, good and evil and that personal moment for her uh, about her family. Mm. Um, but this is the line where, you know, Padme is the person who has been, as we often say, the the moral compass. You know, she mm-hmm. is the one who who is not going to uh, just roll over for the, this dysfunctional system in uh, the Phantom Menace. She is going to find a way and she's going to make this right uh, mm-hmm. in Attack the Clones. She knows that negotiation is got to be the way to solve this, that if they if, if the Republic uh, uh, raises an army, it's just raising a fist to the Separatists and you'll get a fist back and you'll get war and you'll get pain and tragedy. And she is right about all of it and she is beginning to see without actually knowing the literal plot machinations she is recognizing this is the danger of uh of giving in to fear and fear leading to anger and anger leading to hate and hate leading to suffering and it's this line to me that just really shows you um this story is about anakin and darth vader but it is also about the entire republic and it is about governments and it's about societies. And it's saying that as individuals and within these structures that we create as individuals to try to work together, uh, the one thing that can truly ruin individuals and organizations is uh, our own giving into fear and anger and not recognizing that that's what we've done, just be so enthralled uh, with our own power that we think we've made a, a great choice. And Padme just having the clarity to say, uh, I don't even need to wait to see what happens next. This is obviously uh, what has happened. The, the Republic has destroyed itself. Mm, yeah, and for, yeah, and it represents such a such a sadness. It represents the end of this tragic tale, these three films, uh, but what Lucas was... Uh, intending to do and it, and it's one of those lines that I, I i think is so on the on the head not subtle at all and, and that's exactly what is uh, needed uh, and that's kind of the same a lot of things you and i are discussing in revenge of the sith huh just things are like here's what they are and i'm not saying george was like i guess i need to be billboard level obvious um with what i was doing because he wasn't uh, you know he wasn't immune to the criticisms he was very aware of them he'll put them on a t-shirt and wear them on set he'll let you know <laughs> um and so uh, i just think that's something that's uh there's so it's just so clear from padme and that's why it really does stand up for me yeah and i think for me it's it, it's a a it's a sad moment uh it, it's a theme statement for the movie for the prequel era it's a, a strong moment for the character but also i think for me in in my own personal journey i've gone on with the prequels of you know liking parts of them but then struggling with them and and daydreaming about what what would you change and then when i stop daydreaming what would you change and just engage with what's there mm. you know this story is very clear very important and you dig a little deeper and like that line in some ways represents the story that Lucas has wanted to tell since the beginning. A lot of changes along the way, but he always wanted to tell this story of uh, a, a republic, a government, a people that fell from the inside. And this line makes that crystal clear. Crystal clear indeed. Man, a lot of crystal clear things for Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> One thing that is crystal clear, we absolutely love this movie. 2005's Revenge of the Sith. Man, 
Uh, what a journey with it, growing as fans, engaging with it right away. Yeah, it's always considered ah, the best of the prequels. And in many ways, it is, but we love all those movies. It's been a lot of fun kind of uh, moving through the prequels as we look at our favorite lines. We're going to continue the series. Uh, Joseph, great list. Any final thoughts on Revenge of the Sith as a movie? No, just that it is a, a dark and sad movie, a tragedy. Uh, but man, there's lots of moments of joy along the way. So I am always happy uh, to say hello there to a viewing of Revenge of the Sith. Absolutely. Uh, we are almost uh, out of here. Star Wars Ranked, we're going to continue this favorite line series. We're going to uh, look next. Uh, this was 2005. Where are we going to go next? We are going to go to The Force Awakens. We are doing the the, the release of the movies, uh, and, and yes, and, and the Clone Wars movie, we have covered that in Clone Wars Report, um, so there you go. Uh, but the reason, that there's, there's a little context, just the time and the way they rolled out, and maybe, you know, seeing uh, something Rogue One uh, uh, might have, you know, affected uh, your, your thoughts on stuff in Force Awakens. We're looking at it from that point of view. So that is next up here. We're going to Episode 7 and 2015. All right, that is it for this week. We are the Force Center Podcast. You can find us on Force Center Pod. We are on Instagram and YouTube. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. You can go to tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center and get some merch. Get an audio book at us on audibletrial.com slash Force Center. And we can be found in a lot of spots. Check Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. We also want to let you know that we've been invited to be part of the uh, Potathon Make a Charity, Make a Wish Charity, excuse me, uh, that is being put on by the folks at the Bombadcast and uh, Pete over there at Around the Galaxy. We are going to be on pa part of their Potathon on November 6th, Saturday, 11 a.m. Pacific time. It's a live stream. We'll be on. You get to see our faces uh, and uh, track any <laughs> facial hair that's uh, there or not there. I'll have to trim up for that there and uh, wear some uh, wear an actual shirt uh, instead of a bathrobe uh, when recording that one there. <laughs> uh, but it's a great cause and we're going to be part of that. Uh, we'll tweet out some links and all that stuff when we get closer, but that's on November 6th. You can follow me at Ken Napsack. Go to KenNapsack.com for more information. For Joseph, uh, for Joseph uh, hey, where can they go? You tell them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're on the old social media, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And for all of my other comedy adventures, you can go to my website at josephscrimshaw.com. In particular, if you are a fan of Dune or at least Dune Talk on my other podcast, Obsessed, my wife and I uh, just did a discussion of the new movie Dune Part One. So go check that out on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. There you go. Check it out, my friends. Thanks for listening. Star Wars has been ranked. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.